Okay. Well, the word legendary is thrown around all the time, but when you talk about this woman, you cannot add, or you have to add, I should say, the word legend in front of her name. I'm talking about Anna Richard. She's going to absolutely hate this, but two decades in the Blackburn jersey, 49 tests between 1991 and 2010. She picked up four Rugby World Cup titles. Let that sink in. Four Rugby World Cup titles. She's a World Rugby Hall of Famer, a lawyer. She's a coach, a mentor, uh, and an absolute legend of the Blackburns. The first woman to win the Steinlager itself award for her contribution to rugby in this country as well. Anna, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving up your time. Uh, I'll let you say your piece first. How's everything going? Good. I'd just like to preface what you just said with is I can't sing or dance. So <laughs> I feel like I let myself down sometimes, but um, it's all good. You, uh, you can do <laughs> everything else. If that's, your, really. if that's your two weaknesses, I'll take those. Um, now, we want to talk about your journey and where it all started, but I feel like we can't talk about your journey in rugby without talking about Laurie O'Reilly, who, of course, the trophy and the series between New Zealand and Australia is named after. How did you get involved in rugby and where does Laurie come into it? Oh, it's an old story I've, I think I've talked about a lot, but uh, I used to play netball down in Canterbury when I was at university. Um, and I was in the Canterbury Netball team that Laurie O'Reilly's um, wife coached, um, Kay, and she was a wonderful lady. However, one year she dropped me from the team. Um, and at that stage, Laurie was also my family law lecturer. And here I was, all of a sudden, had my Sundays free, and Laurie sneakily asked me to come down and watch the um, University Women's Rugby team to see what I thought about it was, which was the euphemism for come down, I'm going to throw you on as soon as you get here. <laughs> and that's how I started playing rugby. And that's how Laurie recruited. He was had a great eye for athletic talents and he was forever recruiting players to come and play his beloved game of rugby. He's often lauded in this country um, for everything that he did for the women's game. You were there, you saw it. What did he do for women's rugby in this country? I suppose you could call him, he was the champion of women's rugby. You know, he, he was at the coalface to get things first started. And often I think he dipped into his own pockets to buy, you know, the, the first ever um, games we played were in 89 and 19. I'm, I'm pretty sure he paid for the jerseys. Um, he, he was at the forefront with Jack Creefy in 89 and 90, picking the teams and he took the first... Um, team to the first ever Women's World Cup in 1991 at Cardiff. Uh, so he was he was the force of nature. He he had you know never ending um, passion to get people playing rugby and to support the growth of rugby here. That first World Cup in Cardiff that you mentioned, 1991. Um, you were there, of course. What was it like? What was that first ever Rugby World Cup like? <laughs> Was cold. <laughs> 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 no, it was it was awesome. You know, I'd been playing for maybe three years and and hadn't really been playing too much. Um, they and they took the side from uh, the the World Festival of Rugby we had in nineteen ninety. They sent out um, letters to all these girls and said, if you can afford to pay five thousand um, dollars, you're in the chance to be selected. So back then, five thousand was a lot of money. Um, and the girls who said yes, they selected the team to go over there. It was a 
was a crazy time, great time. You know, those were back in the days when nobody had cell phones, uh, nobody even had email addresses to call home, and, and I had no money. So, you know, I was over in London and Cardiff and to call home back then, there was this trick with the pay phones that if your number started with two, you, you hit the receiver eight times. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But it was like, it was, it was a pretty cool time. First time I'd ever played any, you know, international rugby overseas. And Cardiff was such an amazing place to be a part of because it's, you know, rugby is, is their passion. Now, this Laurie O'Reilly trophy, uh, it started in 1994, I believe, between New Zealand and Australia. Um, what was the rivalry like back then when you first started playing each other? Well, that was the, the very first time we went over to Aussie in 94 to play them. First time we played them, we ended up playing them in Sydney, had a couple of games beforehand against some provincial sides. Uh, and I suppose... There's always an innate rivalry between Australia and New Zealand, and it doesn't matter what the sporting code is. You know, it's because we're so close. You know, I've got some great mates in Aussie. I love going to Aussie. It's a great place to go and visit. Um, and I love beating them in any sporting thing even more. You know, I used to play them in rugby, and then I played them in touch. I used to bank us in touch. And, and we beat them in rugby, so it was kind of a level playing field. Why have we had so much success in 15s? We're unbeaten. We've never relinquished this trophy. Oh, look, you've got to look at the support, I suppose, to be pragmatic. You've got to look at the support that the Australians, the Australian girls have received from their union, and to be honest, it hasn't been great over the years, and they've gone for long stretches of time between World Cups where they did not play at all. Um, and they've had an on and off again provincial competition. So I think it's really hard for them to really get a foothold and get uh, a level of players through with the support they've got. Right. Uh, Laurie sadly passed away um, four years after this trophy, this series was introduced in 1998. What do you think he would um, think of the state of women's rugby right now? Honestly, I think he'd be really excited. He'd be excited by the moves we've made over the last four or five years. I think he'd be hugely excited by the level of play that can be seen now at FPC, even in clubs. Um, he loves the university clubs, boys and girls team. Um, and I think he'd be hugely excited by the sevens. And, you know, back then there wasn't much sevens, but he'd be hugely, hugely excited by the level that's been played by the 15. And what about for you, for the legendary Anna Richards, what do you think of the current state of the game and what is rugby and what has the Black Ferns given you? Oh, wow. It's, it's three big questions there, Kirsty. Crikey. We've got all the time uh, in the world. <laughs> what has is, what is rugby given me? Uh, probably an identity. Um, it's given me some great friends, some great memories. It's given me a job at the moment. Yeah, I, it's been a part of my life for a long, long time and I still love it. So it's given me a lot of joy. 
we're going to get into what you're doing now, but um, just firstly, we've, we had Tyler Nathan Wong on, and obviously she's trying to transition from sevens to fifteens, and she's hoping to play this weekend. Um, she was talking about the different positions that she's in, and she genuinely doesn't know where she's going to play, fifteen um, or halfback. For you, you actually transitioned from nine to ten. What was that like, and what prompted that move when you were playing? Well, it prompted by the fact I actually wanted to play. And um, I played nine for about both four years. And then a wonderful player called Monique Hidavana came along. She was great number nine. And she got the nod ahead of me. And I just wanted to play. So I talked to Daryl at the time, who was the New Zealand coach. And I said, look, is there any other position I could look at? And he was like, oh, I suppose you could try centre. So I tried a bit of sense and I was like, mm. and then he said, maybe full back. And I tried that. And then he goes, oh, look, just give 10 a go. And luckily enough, you know, 10 seemed to be my position. And I got to say, I enjoyed it. I love playing nine and I really enjoyed playing 10. So I was pretty lucky to be able to then get a starting position at 10. What's your greatest memories in the black jersey? What was? Do you remember what the greatest match you ever played was? Ooh, greatest match. Probably one of the most enjoyable matches was the 2006 World Cup final because it was just a great contest. England played awesome. We played awesome. There was a bit of drama and the, the weather changed dramatically. Two or three days before the final, it had been like 35 degrees and it dropped down to about three. Um, Yes, and again, it's such a great rivalry we had with England that um, it was just a, a hugely exciting match. We're pretty lucky, aren't we, to have these rivalries that you're talking about, New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand, England as well. Um, you mentioned what you're doing now and you are currently coaching. You're giving back to the game in New Zealand with the Auckland Storm and the Farah Palmer Cup. What's that been like for you, um, having these young or bringing these young girls through, you know, this totally different generation who are millennials who are into TikTok and all sorts? What do you love about uh, helping them out and, and coaching? One thing I do love about them is they don't ask me to do their TikTok with because <laughs> they know I can't dance. Um, I work for Auckland Rugby as a women's player development manager, so look after the high performance unit and also the contracts with Black Friends. And then, like my side gig, which is my freebie, is coaching the FPC, which I'm hugely passionate about as well. Um, like I. I I really enjoy being able to help players develop into great players. You know, you know, support them uh, and through the ups and downs. Um, seeing, you know, like I was just at an under eighteen uh, skill day yesterday in Auckland. We had over seventy players turn up, and oh my gosh, there's some good players there, and they're going to be great. Uh, there's so much talent, and it's really, really exciting. When we talk about this talent, like you often ask male coaches, who's the most exciting person you've ever seen? Who's the most talented people that you've ever seen? What? Who is it for you? Who's the most talented? As as young coming through, yeah, probably the two two uh, names that come to mind would be um, Patricia Malipo and Sylvia Brunt would be just right up there just looking at the talent they possessed as 15-year-olds. 
Um, I saw them with 15 year olds and I always couldn't wait for them to turn 16. So I could <laughs> then you could my, snap them up. So I could get my hands on them. <laughs> <laughs> and look at them now. They're awesome, aren't they? They are. They're pretty incredible. I mean, and you've seen it all um, over the years. And the current Farapama Cup crop, the current teams, of course, Canterbury, Waikato, look like the teams to beat at the moment, but your side right in the mixer. Um, How's that competition going? It's so up and down, isn't it? Yeah. Like I was, I really enjoyed the game of the weekend with Waikato and, and Canterbury. Yeah. It was a real ding dong match, up and down. Uh, Canterbury, honestly, you've got to give it to them. They know how to win at the end, don't they? It was it was a great match. I think Waikato um, have shown over the last three years that they're a real force. You know, we we got tipped up by Bay of Plenty a couple of weeks ago, so. You had to turn up every Saturday and play well because there's some real talent out there. Yeah. And it'll be interesting, you know, over the next two weeks to see how the teams front up without their black teams. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, see what sort of depth play, um, teams have got and how they cope. Yeah. Because um, a lot of those black teams are in, in pretty vital decision-making positions. So, you know, obviously, you know, we'll lose blue which is a you know big loss for us. Yeah. Um, and we've got some our back row trio who are great. So, uh, but again, it gives um, younger players a huge opportunity to get out there and show what they're worth. And that's where you see the growth in players, and that's where you find some real gems. Is the people you that wouldn't usually get a chance, and they do, and they really excel. And we can't wait to see these players get an opportunity over the coming weeks uh, while the Black Fern series is happening. But speaking of the word opportunity, just before we let you go, Anna, because I know you're really busy, I just wanted to ask you about the opportunity this year to have a Women's World Cup in New Zealand. We're hosting it for the very first time. How excited are you for what's to come? Well, I'm, I'm thinking of the parties, <laughs> the um, catch-ups. I'm going to have now. Um, <laughs> to be good as well but oh, like, I, I know the girls can't wait to have the opportunity to play a World Cup on home soil. Now I, I played five overseas and you know, I didn't get a chance to have my family in any of them so it's, it's special special for the girls to have their loved ones there and their whanau uh, and being able to showcase how they can play is even better. And, you know, the, the teams that are going to tune up here uh, Amazing. So I hope the New Zealand public gets off their asses and gets to the game because they're going to be awesome. That's it. You can go and get tickets at blackferns.com <laughs> as well. And go and do what Anna says. Go and get tickets. Get off your butts. It is important to get out and celebrate. Uh, right. That is all from us. Anna, thank you so much. You're an absolute legend. You're a gem to rugby. So thank you for all that you do and thank you for coming on our show today. No worries, Kirsty. Thanks.